1: We are just about 16 and a half minutes away from announcing a name in our Live for Free contest. So be listening at 420. Not only might you win $100, bucks, you will get to hear random thoughts. I mean, that's something. That's that's, that's worth $0.15 that is, it sounds cents or is worth, something right there.
2: Right? <laughs> hundreds of thousands, Priceless, as MasterCard used to say. Yes. Oh, good Lord. Because today we're going deep into a stinky little vegetable and how it's changed it's a good one all right we'll mm-hmm. take your
0: word for it and look forward <laughs> might be to lying. that uh <laughs>
2: look forward to that Well, we
0: did uh wake up to this news and uh taking a page out of uh angelina jolie's um playbook and writing an essay for the new york times about a deeply personal subject angelina did this when she was diagnosed with her breast cancer and the BRCA gene, remember that? I mean she was we, getting the dark to me. You you liked you liked her. You were like she was so heartfelt and open about something that isn't talked about. Megan, Megan, Duchess Megan did the same writing an op-ed in the New York Times that was published this morning
2: that you can read because you have a prescription or subscription? Well,
0: there were excerpts of were it there? everywhere, and every single morning show uh, had a story on it. The darling, one of our morning boyfriends from GMA, not Will Reeve, but James Longman. Yes, he appears he was broadcasting. Uh, you know right outside of Buckingham Palace so I don't know if he's a London correspondent but anyway he here here's the story
1: overnight Megan the Duchess of Sussex opening up she's revealed heartbreaking details of experiencing a miscarriage writing in an op-ed for the New York Times losing a child means carrying an almost unbearable grief experienced by many but talked about by few The Duchess of Sussex describes the moment in July while caring for her son Archie when she says she felt a sharp cramp, realising that she was losing her unborn baby. I knew as I clutched my firstborn child that I was losing my second. Hours later I lay in a hospital bed holding my husband's hand. I felt the clamminess of his palm and kissed his knuckles, wet from both our tears. I tried to imagine how we'd heal.
0: It's very unusual for members of the royal family to be so open about experiences in their personal lives particularly ones that are so personal and so painful and and i did you know read the thing because as Mm -hmm. you said i do um have a subscription to the new york times but um she is uh she goes on to speak so not only that she writes about the fact that she said in the pain of our loss my husband and i discovered that in a room of a hundred women Probably 20 of them will have suffered uh, from miscarriage. And despite how staggeringly common it is, it's not talked about very much. And then she goes on to speak about all the losses that uh, collectively people have had this year. The grief of a raging pandemic. The loss mm-hmm. of life that's happened with, you know, brutality. um it, by the hands of police, uh the emotional toll of how everyone is living in like a what she called siloed living mm-hmm. in her essay. and um and it was just a plea for compassion for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and an acknowledgement that this year has been hard for everybody. and she ended it with, um, so this Thanksgiving as we planned for a holiday unlike any other, Many of us separated from our loved ones, alone, sick, scared, divided, and perhaps struggling to find something, anything to be grateful for. Let us commit to asking others, are you okay? She wrote, are we okay? We will be. Mm-hmm. That's how she made Very powerful mm-hmm. essay. And I just thought, ah. and the palace knew that, and they still continued
2: nitpicking her and Harry for every darn thing this happened in mid-july we kind of thought she was pregnant member in mid late May June because she was wearing blousey clothes delivering food in LA and they hadn't bought in the place in Montecito you yet. spotted I totally the did. signs I Julia totally was did. like
0: she called it right she's like she looks like she might be but it's too early you know they're right. not announcing
2: right I think oh you know when she talks about in a room of 120 people have had a miscarriage or something mm-hmm. Um, it's something, it is, it is so unbelievably, uh, because I had one at 15 weeks, and um, you make it through, the minute you find out you're pregnant and you want a baby, you're a mom. Yeah, right. Right. You're a mom. You're just like, oh my, yeah, and you just Mm -hmm. suddenly are like, oh my gosh, I'm mom, we were trying, you know, this is, you just suddenly think your world switches, you think of everything so differently, and I'm thinking about Chrissy Teigen, She talked about it it. and a lot of other women who else talked about it. Megan McCain talked about it recently. Hilaria Baldwin. Yes, she talked about Mm -hmm. it. A lot more people are talking about it than ever did before. It's very, um, I think it's nice because I remember when I went through it, um, we didn't have the internet. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I mean and you didn't but it's she's so, helping break yes, the stigma I think is great
0: because I think um I think a lot of times people think, Well, that's private. Right. Um, or that's a family issue. But even thinking that way about it is sort of like It's dismissive. It feels dismissive uh, of of the loss of it. mm -hmm. Like, oh, you'll be able to try again and stuff. Anyway, it was really a wonderful essay, and it made me really be happy that the TikTokers are spamming Clarence House because they turned off the comments for Camilla and Charles, and they never turned them off for Harry and Meghan.
2: There you go, Laura. You know, I mean, really, it makes
0: all the nitpicking that they did about these... She's they should have welcomed her with open arms. Yes. She could have changed the monarchy. You They've gone through got a lot. The Rona, that terrible princess of
2: Kent. Oh, the one who's Princess the Michael racist? of Kent, the
0: racist, the yes, one that traced the,
2: the, the pin. Um, uh, what's it called? Charles calls her,
0: um, the um will trade tight. Well, they basically kind of whatever, whatever English people call like as a, whatever they call trailer trash, whatever mm-hmm. their word is, caravan. Yeah. She's a caravan crowner because <laughs> she lives for free at Kensington Palace because of her, her relationship with the queen because her, I don't know if they're for, I think they're first cousins or, yeah. or her husband. So, yeah. Anyway, she's got the Rona, and she actually blamed it on a servant. Oh gosh, that's Lady. even better. I know that's what.
2: even better. All right, so so
0: I love that uh, Megan wrote this, and I love that she ended it. Uh, let us commit to asking others: Are you okay? You know, well, are you an okay?
1: Question.
2: Yeah, it's Rocco. Are you okay?
1: I'm okay. I'm I'm looking forward to a long weekend here. Are you guys? Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know what? I have noticed that for the last um, day, two days, you haven't started out our show where there's only three hours and 56 minutes and <laughs> oh, 28 that's seconds. That's a terrible
0: sign. Don't <laughs> ever do that again. Left
2: till we're off the air yeah. and we can go on, and it's Friday. Yeah, no, a three-day
0: week, you know, if you're lucky enough to, if you've got that, I mean, people out there don't have jobs and they're like, ah, I've been staying home for days, but right. yeah, for, for for anybody who is working if that four-day, it feels like Perfect timing.
2: Totally, totally. All right, so... All right, um, let's go, because it's time for
0: Random Thoughts.
2: You know, I saw this story the other day. Deborah you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And
1: now, Julia's Random Thoughts.
2: He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. All right, so do you remember growing up and your parents would serve you these little stinky cabbage balls and say... They were next to the lima beans, and then you'd have the Brussels sprouts that smelled. And then we had the stinky blue cheese. In our family, like throwing the stinky blue cheese at each other was something we did in a a brick. The Brussels sprouts stunk so bad we wouldn't eat those cabbage balls. And then lima beans. Cabbage balls. Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Those stinky things.
0: Brussels sprouts, okay. Well,
2: they used to stink so much growing up. If you've noticed, they don't stink like they used to. And we can thank a Dutch um, scientist named Hans Van Dorn. He worked at the seed and chemical company Novartis, Novartis or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and he found out. Breed it out. He started breeding it out because back in the olden days, there were tons and tons of different Brussels sprout genes and seeds, but some of them didn't have the stinky smell. Mm-hmm. So he asked people to find ones without the stinky smell, and then it kind of got out that you can do them without the stinky smell, and they've they become, in the last 10 years, Brussels sprouts have had a renaissance. I mean, big time. For sure. Big, big, big time. So they pollinate. I just thought it was as you got
0: older, the stinky food I that did you too, hated Laurie. as a kid, you liked because your taste buds are so pure when you're little.
2: I I totally thought so. They, if we've
0: gotten older and our tongue has become duller and needs more
2: Sensation. But they cross-pollinated the old varieties and got the stinky, bitter, bitter chemicals out. And now we can thank... Um, people for putting them on the restaurants and on the menus because they I mean brussels sprouts are so good I would have never eaten one as a kid well I know but no kid likes brussels sprouts but again they don't stink like they used to Lori.
0: even so it was the fact that it was a little head of a vegetable it was a that cabbage. Looked very much like as something
2: you had no desire to eat and forget it well they don't stink like they used to that is a fact Thank you,
1: um, Novartis. Thank yeah.
2: you. You're welcome. Listen, um, Thanksgiving Day, an annual tradition at the Mall of America was the Walk to End Hunger. And because like all things are going virtual this year and registration and donations are completely down, of course, because mm-hmm. things are going virtual. But go to the walk to end um, It's going to be live stream at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. It was a tradition for people to oh, go out yeah. there and do this. And the need is even greater now. Um, food shelves and food banks are seeing a sixty-five percent increase in demand with sixty-five. Yes, oh with my COVID. Gosh. And um, every dollar raised <sighs> is the equivalent of three meals for hungry Minnesotans. Mm-hmm. To date, they have raised more than three million to benefit local hunger relief organizations. So again, walk to nhunger.org. That's tomorrow if you Thank wanna you. be a part of that. Um, okay, so. Um, a couple other Thanksgiving things, Lori. We can thank Thanksgiving for the advent of TV dinners. Swanson, who wrote made the very first TV dinners, oh, invented so them. Gross. Oh, God, we loved those. We thought you we... You thought that was good? Oh, the brownie oh. in the middle, the mashed potatoes. Oh. If my mom would... I love those. I did, too. If we got oh. to have a TV dinner, it oh was like... Oh my gosh.
1: The Hungry Man Fried Chicken. Oh, the, oh the my Salisbury dish. Steak. Oh, the
2: Salisbury Steak. That was the one oh right my there. Gosh. I loved the Salisbury Steak. It but didn't the brownie. Even look like, it looked like dog food. Doesn't
0: matter. It did to me. It was, it was, I did not like a TV dinner. I oh, recall we love sister. My two sisters did.
2: Yeah. Well, here's how they. Even those smelled. Oh, good God. Bad. Well, let me just finish my damn thing, Swanson foods invented them when they needed to use 260 tons of leftover turkey after Thanksgiving and the turkey and the gravy and the mashed potatoes and the corn and the brownie were the very first meal. Mm -hmm. And you'd put the turkey and then you put the corn into the turkey side and then you put the mashed potatoes into it and mix it all up and eat it. S. Casey. Gross. They throw in carrots too. The day after Thanksgiving is the busiest year for what service? The day after Thanksgiving? Mm -hmm.
0: Um breakfast.
2: No, service. service. Like home service. Hmm.
0: Delivery. Pizza delivery? Plumbers. Plumbers. <laughs> no okay. way. They call it Brown Friday.
2: Okay. No! All right. We're gonna move on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Julia, is that so? I love that. How did we never know about that or wild turkey
2: sex until this <laughs> Thanksgiving and all ab- these years of broadcasting? I absolutely love knowing that. I thought that was kind of a good one. I'm not going that.
0: to use that as a conversation starter on any of my family calls tomorrow.
2: You promise?
0: I promise. I, I can assure you I'm not going to bring that up. I, I kind of think it's funny. All right,
2: so. We
1: got to give away the thing. Oh, let's do it. Okay, right. Dude, dude, it sucks this year. Okay, time to announce a live for free name. And today we're going to go across the St. Croix to Hudson, Wisconsin.
0: I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out.
1: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind
0: all of this is Chris Jenner,
1: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
0: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Hmm?
1: We're Jessica Feigley, 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 F-E-I-G-L-Y. One of these. Yes, is this our's name, Jessica Feigley. 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 F-E-I-G-L-Y in Hudson, Wisconsin. Call us at 651, it's a long distance call for you, 651-641-1071 in the next 10 minutes. If you do, you'll get 100 bucks, and you'll be entered to win next Wednesday's grand prize, prize drawing of 10000 bucks. so Jessica of Hudson, 651-641-1071. And you guys heard that, it's, it's ending, uh, Tuesday will be the last names drawn, Monday night's the last time chance to get it in. And Wednesday on Jason's show, they'll be drawing. So hopefully, Jessica Feigley.
2: And Wednesday's December 2nd. Yep. Yes. Oh, gosh. will call us back. Mm-hmm. I hope she calls us back. Okay. What back is, to
1: Brown Friday.
2: Back to Brown Friday. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what do you guys think a shape with a thousand sides is called? You know, a hexagon, a.
1: Well, a, what's. We, Laura, you're good, at, you're good at Latin or whatever here. It's Senta is a 100. Mm-hmm. Is it Deca? Well, no, Deca is 10. Mm-mm. Dessa, what's a, th- uh, a mega. Chill-
2: no, it's a chilligan. Chilligan. Yeah. Okay. We never I would have got that okay. in mm-hmm. years. And you want to know what I heard this morning on, uh, Kelly and Ryan? What did you watch them today? And they were discussing that there are signs up in Canada for, oh, don't lick the car. Don't moose. Them. Don't let the moose lick the car. car. And so he's sitting there. Is it moose? Is it mooses? Is it plural? How do you say that? It doesn't sound right. And I'm like, "Uh huh, a little, little bit of that. I remember that. Yes. I remember that. And then, you know, Black Friday deals are happening everywhere. And I did listen to some experts on the morning shows talk about it. If you are trying to get something that you know is hard to get, buy it. Just buy it right away. Don't wait. Don't let your cart sit. Mm Mm-hmm. Black Friday, because it's just too much to do. But um, big things that are discounted tomorrow, books, movies, and music. So your local bookshops, mm-hmm. you can get your local record stores, go to their website. Yeah, um, Clothing and accessories. Um, jewelry. Macy's is going deep into fine jewelry, toys, um, appliances, um, and some different things like that are really on on the deep dive tomorrow if you want to get in on that. Do you guys call it stuffing or dressing? Hmm. St- stuffing.
1: I think I've used
0: both. Let's I see. I'll go both, with dressing. Stuffing, past the stuffing, the dressing, stuffing.
2: Stuffing is the preferred term in the northern states. Mm-hmm. Dressing is the preferred term in the southern states, in case yeah. you were wondering what the cutoff was I there. I love
0: stuffing.
1: You I put love- the gizzards or whatever all in If there?
2: they're in there, I don't want to know about it. Right. Like, That's something that. you don't tell people. Yeah. Just keep that to yourself. I
0: think my my uh, stepmother always puts them in, and she always tells me they're not in, but they're in for the flavor or something. I don't know. I've only made a turkey once in my entire adult life. I
2: remember. We all remember. Yeah. <laughs> How do you remember? Because it was an all play. Oh. On oh. the radio show and in our family. Because oh, my, my mom goodness. helped. You, I remember. And then the oh, ham. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. No, I know. And also if you are um wanting to know what 1 pound of dimes and 1 pound of quarters are, they're worth the same amount. That's a little fun one for Is people it? to bring up to their kids. 200 dimes, 200 dimes weigh 1 pound and are worth $20. 80 quarters weigh one pound and are worth $20. I'm going to get that confused. I'm never going to get that Tell straight. Tell that to your kids. Right. Put it in your back pocket and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we waiting for to call us, Marco? Jessica
1: Fagley. From Holly. Hudson. Give us a buzz. She's got uh, four minutes. Give us a call.
2: We want to give you money, honey. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back.
0: Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this uh, Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know how we missed this, you guys, but sad news for Bill Mur- Bill Murray. Um, his oldest brother, Ed, who was the oldest of the eight siblings. Who even knew he had eight siblings? Well, if you love uh, Bill Murray, people do know this. And he wasn't a life of Hollywood fame, but he... Um, You know, he was an extra in Caddyshack, and he was the inspiration behind Caddyshack. His brother? Yeah, and the announcement didn't include anything about how he died, but just how special he was. And just kind of feel bad for, he was the only brother to win a scholarship. They did sort of a funny thing on, you know, how they announced it. But I always um, remember what, this was early on in our show years, but about uh sibling grief is so pain is so so
2: hard um when you lose a sibling yeah mm-hmm. empty hole in your heart the yeah. person
0: you know because very often maybe your parents if you're lucky enough and they're, they've passed on but your siblings then are the people who've known you your whole life yeah so i feel bad uh for for bill and they their family you know they were the golfers and He was older than Bill, Ed. So Mm. he announced it. I'm not, of course, he doesn't have any social media. One of his other.
2: You just need a hold of um, Bill Murray by his 800 number, if you know it. That's how you. That's how you find him. That is
0: correct. And Chris Hewitt, you know, he reviewed, He's he's he had three movie reviews in the Variety section of the Star Tribune.
2: Okay, so let's start with the one you were so hopeful about I yesterday. Was so, I, well, I've was been so excited. excited. I've been reading about the, uh-huh. the, the gay, lesbian Kristen rom-com. Stewart.
0: Happy, happiest season. Here's what uh, uh, the headline is. Trade in this white elephant. And Chris Hewitt writes, let's call it Progress. That Happiest Season suggests gay people are entitled to mawkish, contrived holiday movies as much as straight people are.
2: <laughs> One out of four stars, Laurie. Yeah. Um, wow. And uh, so anyway, he goes on
0: and he said it's almost like this would be it's a mishmash of the family stone and. And every mistaken identity lifetime movie ever made, except the lifetime movie would be better because it wouldn't be taking itself so seriously. Oh, he says really? he feels sorry for Mary Steenburgen and Victor Garber who play the parents. Who um, we love both of them. Yes, and uh, he said the happiest season literally begins to resemble the play and the movie I Hate with a Passion. Who's Afraid oh. of Virginia Wolf? Oh, please. Uh, Rocco, I saw that at the Old Guthrie with oh. Meredith Rule. And I almost want to say Patrick
2: Stewart. And I feel like I went with your mom. Oh, it's just, I would and, never see that. I hated it, watching it on TV with the real people. Casey and I were like, that is the <laughs>
0: most depressing oh, it's horrible. play I've ever seen. I don't care if it is brilliant writing. We just hated it. Anyway, hated it anyway he he, he said uh, he said it's just uh, one other tiny flaw in this comedy it's not one bit funny <laughs> that's always
2: funny up <Snap. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> that is always a problem with the comedy if there's not any humor. Oh, yeah. that just sounds horrible. So that's on Hulu. Okay. If you, if that,
0: if you still want to watch it just for the fact that it's you know somewhat progress. The Croods, um, Chris, you would like that. The Crudes A New Age. Right. You had a four-star. That's your PG uh, movie for crude humor. And so um, that is uh, getting good reviews and people will probably like it because they saw the first one and then the other one. Is uh, Alan Ball, who, of course, he wrote um, uh, American Beauty.
2: Yes. Annette
0: Benin and Kevin Spacey. He created Six Feet Under. Which you loved. Oh, that's that's an amazing show. Rocco, have you watched that? American Beauty? No, No, Six Six Feet Feet Under. Under. Oh,
1: yeah, we did watch maybe a season or two of that. I like that.
0: Oh. It, that was like that had one of the most perfect uh, season finales. I think that only went on six seasons too. It didn't go on too long, but right. Um, anyway, he's got a movie out called Uncle Frank, uh, and, and the headline is Gay and a Hot Tin Roof. <laughs> it's a comedy drama. was a dead to Tennessee Williams and Paul Bettany is in it, and it's uh, of course Tennessee Williams means the place set in the South. Yes, he just said it is. It is very good. It's a very good movie. Just uh, you know, remember if it's got Tennessee Williams, there's going to be sadness too. Absolutely. as well as humor. So they like that. He liked that. Um, Uncle Frank. Yes.
2: So it's almost like he was here. Um <laughs> <laughs> having the he did. <laughs> he did say thank you for the happy Thanksgiving wishes. So Chris was with us in spirit. So um, I know why. I like, it was always like George Clooney was here. We just read two quotes well, from him. We haven't had
0: three movies be reviewed on a you know for a weekend like normally right. this would be a weekend that we would be going to at least one movie. Absolutely oh, yeah. at the theater. Yes. We would have gone. We I would've. mean, one of the one of the four days there would have been some movie that we would have seen. So now we'll just see the movie, you know, from our couch. But good to know which ones we can go to. Now, he, since chess is having such a moment with the queen's gambit, right. here's uh, Carrie, whatever his name is. Um, Uh, talking about... Gary who? You know, uh, Carrie from... I think he's on the Today Show. Oh, just a reporter. just Yeah, talking about how the explosion that's happened because of the Queen's Gambit. Got it. Here
1: we go. The game of chess is one of skill, intellect, and guts. And as you said, it's now larger than life. In fact, the pieces here at the Ritz-Carlton are maybe a metaphor for how big this sport has gotten. And it's really all because of The Netflix series, The Queen's Gambit, that has checkmated audiences who may have thought that chess was a boring board game, but it turns out it's as exciting as the Super Bowl. The global Netflix hit, The Queen's Gambit, debuted just over a month ago. The fictional series follows the rise of chess prodigy Elizabeth Harmon as she battles addiction,
0: sees visions of chessboards on the ceiling, all while checkmating her way to victories in the male dominated sport. In just 28 days, The Queen's Gambit was viewed in
1: 62 million households, a Netflix record. The on screen matches igniting a new off screen interest in the game. At age 15, Hikaru Nakamura became the youngest American to win the title of Grand Master and is one of the world's top players. How real is it? It was probably the best piece uh, of chess and, and cinematic history for me because of how real it was.
0: Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. You know, and Of course, Carrie uh, Sanders was outside of the Ritz-Carlton like in Palm Beach where they have the Life Outdoor size chess. The yes. chess pieces. Yes. And uh, Gambit, of course, if people are just, if you haven't watched it, Gambit is basically your a chess action that has risk that hopefully is going to give you advantage. Right. Okay. We're so Rock- usually sacrificing the pawn. Right. And the best chess movie of all time is considered Searching for, for Bobby, Bobby Fisher.
2: Fisher. But- I don't know that I've ever seen that in full. I feel like I've, peeked at it a little bit but not
0: Lawrence Fishburne is in it,
2: Joe Montana. Do you remember watching the whole thing, I, I
0: do. I remember going to the movie theater and uh seeing it and I feel like John is John Carlos Esposito I think is in it. I have it. no
2: idea. I don't even know who that is. I,
0: um yeah, you do. Um he's breaking bad.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do know who he yeah.
0: And then there's this movie that came out called Pawn Sacrifice in 2014 that Tobey Maguire played a chess prodigy. Bobby Fischer and Liev Schreiber played Boris Spassky. I don't remember no, that I one at either. all, but it's a biographical around the nineteen seventy two World Chess Championships. And, chess was huge when we grew up. Yeah, and then Queen of Katva, that was like twenty sixteen. That was about a little uh, the black girl in Africa mm-hmm. who's a chess prodigy. So there is like you can Google if you want to see if you like, want to like, see more, more chess, chess yeah. more chess,
2: less chess, less chess, more chess. That's right. That's what's so. happening. Does would you teach Bruno chess? I, I'm
1: wouldn't yeah i would that'd be kind of fun but we we haven't gotten around to that yet
2: casey is so into
0: it he's like he wasn't gonna do chess well because remember words with friends he was watching something on a morning show about uh and now that i've seen you know sort of his life from <laughs> from <laughs> inside hey.
2: Do tell us okay. the life of a retired person. Well, let's just say that... In COVID, because it's different. Yeah, it is different. Because you can't volunteer, you can't do all your regular things right. is, is, is easily.
0: Yeah, but I'll just say that we saw a story on something about engaging your brain when you are not work-working, quote right. right. I mean, you and I and anyone who's working-working, even, even if it's
2: Whatever it is, you're you're. You still, still have to think through things. You have yeah. to process things. You have to plan things. You yeah. have to do stuff. I mean, you know, you're so, engaging your brain more than just to go to get a snack and turn the channel.
0: Right, right. <laughs> so he's still, no
2: this case. He's kind of
0: like, like liking it. Again. I mean, because he did say that you guys played chess when you guys we were did. kids, and so he said, yeah, it's kind of fun, and it's making him think in a way that, and then. If, Again, as a casual observer of the last mm-hmm. seven, eight days. Right. Seeing what is... Uh, Retirement life. Yeah. Did you know me meditating and taking a nap and <laughs> listening to a book on tape is taking a nap. And there's an awful lot of naps, but I did
2: like the <laughs> short commute
0: down the stairs.
2: <laughs> okay. I remember when my sister was an exchange student. She was in eighth grade, my older sister, Gina. And she came back from Mexico with all of these like ivory chess sets. Remember when those were so popular? And I mean, chess was a big darn deal when we were kids. Yeah, I guess it still is popular, but like this has exploded and watching the Queen's Gambit all
0: of a sudden. And of course, then we have the time. Right. And um, anyway, kind of, kind of fun, kind kind of of, exciting. Yeah. There's free ones online and then there's chess.com is a very popular one to play.
2: Yeah, I was I'm doing Sudoku and pass. I mean crossword. I mean people are doing whatever they can. Yeah, just exactly. To ease the boredom. <laughs> okay. All right, listen. We come back. We got a Hollywood speak.
0: Uh, CBS panicking over one of their daytime talk shows. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood, Hollywood speaking.
1: What is the meaning of this?
0: Right. The talk and the view, it might seem like they're similar shows, you know, women from different backgrounds chatting about daily events and other things, but the view this year really went uh, you know, they did deep straight into politics, politics they did. basically. While the talk doesn't, but anyway, page six says CBS is in panic mode as Insiders say the show is at risk of cancellation after the talk, which used to be th- within 30,000. The View gets about 3 million people okay. a day. The talk is about a million and a half.
2: So they've gone down by a million and a half versus yes. 300,000. Well, I'm going to give you my opinion. First of all, um, the... Dismal the ca- ratings. Okay, so on the talk, you have... Um, Sharon Osbourne, Cheryl Underwood, Mariana um, Naba, Naba, and who's Eve. the other one? And Eve. Okay, so... And they did have the amazing Marie Osbourne. And before Marie, they had Sarah Gilbert, who I feel like was a really interesting person and kind of solid... Well, she's the one who created the show. Yeah, but she's solid. I mean, Sharon Osbourne, I think, is whatever. Sharon sure
0: needs to go.
2: Um, Whatever, but I don't... And then when they replace... You know, Sarah Gilbert with Marie Osmond. I thought, this is such a score. Marie has so many stories like Donnie Osmond. They've never used drugs or alcohol so they can remember every Everything. single experience. And I feel like she has journals and it's all factual, but she has been. In professional, you know, entertainment. And For,
0: lived a life. I mean, she lost a daughter to suicide. She's from a big family. She's talked about addiction. I mean. Everything. Remarried her husband twice. Right. Did all these things, but real
2: life stuff. Right. As
0: well as knowing the A-list to the Everybody. D-list.
2: So when they let her go, which, you know, she says she's leaving. She left on her own accord. She was ousted, Julia. Sharon Osborne and mis- K-
0: Cheryl... Cheryl Underwood and Sharon Osborne, if page six is to be believed, they went to the suits at CBS and said, either she goes or we both go.
2: Dumbest thing ever. Dumbest thing ever. Because Rocco, do you even know who Cheryl Underwood is?
0: I do not. Mm-mm. Well, he, he's not the audience or whatever. I know.
2: And and I also think um Day part might have something to do with no, it a little bit. that's no. a
0: truth. When you lose half your audience, <laughs> Julia, I mean, they're not panicking like this over at Ellen DeGeneres, but they're also not happy that she wouldn't take a pay cut and they had to lay off people on the Ellen show and people right. have to work twice as hard, but she still gets paid $84 million. There, you can see where people would be grumbly,
2: right at the
0: at the talk. Um, well,
2: they're panicking about the ratings. I'm just going to say they let the, the the gold mine go.
0: Yeah, that was Julie Chen is laughing and Marie Osmond is too nice to laugh, but they should have kept her. They should have yeah. kept her.
2: She's amazing. She is okay. Uh, Ken Jennings, you know, he's. The- He's taking over and he's going to be filming a couple weeks of Jeopardy hosting it. And he was one, isn't he the top winner ever of Jeopardy? Yes,
0: yes. Okay. Well, people are remembering. Remember, Twitter minds are long, as long as Twitter has been around, people will find a tweet to represent you in a way that maybe uh, you don't feel anyway. But in 2014... 24- Is this going to happen to us? I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I, I've, I've really... I. I don't really try to be too much of a comic or whatever. Yeah. But t- uh, Ken, Ken tweeted something, and it was still up on Twitter. He didn't remove it until today.
2: Mm.
0: Nothing sadder than a hot person in a wheelchair is the tweet. Who said that? Why Ken Jennings. He, about,
2: what is it? Just a you random, just wanna,
1: did he really say that? When did he say that?
0: A in the tweet, ago? 2014. And... um. In 2018, he addressed it. He said, I never did a public flogging for this, but I did apologize personally to angry, hurt people who reached out. Personally, it was a joke so inept. It meant something very different in my head, and I regret the ableist plain reading of it. So he really, that's not even a good apology. Um, and last summer, he made people in C- either Canadians or Ma- uh, Seattle, you tell me. He tweeted this um, In 2018, my favorite summer thing in Seattle is when 20,000 surprisingly awful Canadians drive down to watch a Blue Jays game and then the Mariners win. (laughs) So, anyway, Sony Pictures is not commenting. I'm
2: telling you, this social media stuff.
0: When you try to be a jokester and you're Ken Jennings the thing. So, anyway, he's like people are, um, you know... He's getting slammed again, and he did delete it yesterday, but it had been up all this time. So even way back then, he didn't take it down. Which,
2: yeah, that's odd, isn't it? Yep. Okay,
0: Okay. Goldie Hawn. You know she's giving interviews for her Christmas Chronicles with part two, part two, which is
2: on Netflix. That's right.
0: And in an interview, she was asked about some of the famous people she's met in her life, and when she she said, "Oh my God, when I met Dolly Parton, I was never so excited." And she went, "Goldie, you look just like poppin' fresh."
2: Okay, okay.
0: And she found that odd, and then she said, "And
2: then when I, I think did about that to it, someone my freshman year of college, you told me look like poppin' fresh. Yeah, it was a chubby guy, yeah, did. sitting didn't, on they, a stove <laughs> at a college party." It was the Wapatooey party that we had no money, so I filled the Canadian... Club bottle that was brown with iced tea uh, that yeah. was foamy. <laughs> foamy. We a uh, uh, pulva vodka bottle with water and then something else with water and iced tea mix. And we pour it into the Wapiti people think these girls rock, wow, wow, you know? they
0: really brought a lot of and booze it's foaming, in its foaming And
2: it's doing these things. And we might have been buzzed. And there's a chubby guy. Have. And I'm like, Oh, you look like Poppin and Fresh. And I go, Woo, and his <laughs> tummy. And I'm telling you, I needed to duck and run. Not, that's not welcome no I know and then, that is not welcome and then Goldie kind of starts <laughs> laughing and she says you know what I
0: think about it Elvis called me a chicken that had just been ha- hatched so I e- just wonder if I look weird I don't know
2: <laughs> that's kind of funny. I think Dolly
0: probably meant that she was so, so cute. cute so fresh exactly. and cute. but yeah that's yeah. uh people tend to think you yeah. mean that they're I meant, round I
2: meant that. And it was just silly.
0: Did Kelly Clarkson reveal the real reason she filed for divorce? Let me tell you this because I watched the show Because I read some
2: headlines, so tell me.
0: So yesterday she talked about what she's grateful for in 2020. She said, I'm grateful in 2020 for the lesson I learned about myself. Even at 38, I'm changing and progressing. And I always want to make sure I'm being the best version of myself. And my mom... Um, gave her what she's thought of throughout the end of her marriage. And she quoted her mom as saying, my mom has been telling me since I was a kid, you are who you surround yourself with. You want to make sure you're surrounded by people that also want to be the best versions of themselves and also want a good common goal forever and not just themselves. People can like be bad for you in a certain time.
2: Okay, so her husband is not the best version
0: him. of himself. But I
2: will be honest about this. I think this is something, you know, looking at gratitude, because it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, and things we're grateful for. Yeah, Are you not going to go on a Hollywood speaker? I'm, I'm going to say and- she didn't like her husband anymore. He had bad values. He was doing naughty things, and she couldn't be around it anymore and turn another eye. Thank you. They lived in a one-bedroom Right. Place in Colorado Mm -hmm. and he's texting his girlfriend. Right.
0: Very uncomfortable for her. (laughs)
2: Thank you. But I am gonna say there is something to be said about cleaning house, not being around Debbie Downers, not being around people that don't aren't willing to lift you up but always tear you down. That would get exhausting. Yes, very much. So so. and when
0: somebody is leading their not best self self, and and in a life, a double life it is going to make you feel like you're crazy exactly yeah
2: so good for her so i think she's told us everything we need to know reading between the lines of that i would agree i would agree yeah. now do you agree your name is going to be called at five twenty. i hope you're listening yeah. i hope you stay with us this is Lori and julia and the fabulous my talk 1071 the top radio station in the twin cities today right now we'll be back to, we'll be